listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and thanks for joining us as Willie Nelson and Cam Heat would say, on the road again. On this week's show, Mike and Trevor Warner discuss the work of the highway advocates, the people successfully representing drivers facing hefty and often frequent fines for various alleged traffic offences. In our That's What You Think segment, Mike and I have a yarn about all things safety rent related. One of our listeners shares his thoughts on the age-old tradition of flashing headlights in overtaking situations. That's in something to talk about later in the show. We've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom, plus a few laughs from comedian Steve Hughes, along with some great music from ZZ Top and Lee Kernigan and the Wolf Brothers. It's great to have your company again as always, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get over there! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. I had a great song selected already to lead into this week's show, but with some sad news through just a few minutes ago, that went out the window. You'll have heard the great music over many years that has come from that little old band from Texas, ZZ Top. It brought a sigh of sadness from me when I heard of the passing of bassist Dusty Hill this morning at 72 years of age. In memory of a legend, shake your beards and stomp your feet along with me to the hot Texas blues of Dusty Hill, Billy Gibbons and Frank Beard, a.k.a. ZZ Top, the sharp-dressed man.
This is a very, very difficult situation for me because one of the fellows that's involved in this organisation that I'm going to talk about and the work that they're doing is someone I can't stand. With that in mind, what I want to do is talk about a situation that's going on on the road at the moment. There is an organisation called Highway Advocates who are a legal group. They are a recommended service provider for the NRFA. And what we're about to discuss is in no way an endorsement of these guys. I'm not saying go and use them. It's not a paid advertisement either. But it is important and it is that important that I am going to go on the growth experience of actually discussing something (laughs) that uh, will benefit someone I can't stand. So know that going in. I've got Trevor Warner with me today. Now he's wearing the driver's advocate hat. He's right across the details of this case. These guys have been wronged. They have really been wronged. And anyone that's involved in transport, as soon as we relate the story, will know they've been wronged. You can see what you can do to maybe help them and maybe help a lot of us down the track. Trevor, it's late in the evening, mate, and I've caught you on the side of the road. How are you going? G'day, Mike. Yeah, pretty good, buddy. Right, eh? So, you know me to be a pig-headed bastard, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have our moments. <laughs> all right, so I don't want to go into the details, but Highway Advocates, mate, they're representing a couple of truckies. One of them's got an absolutely monstrous $113,000. That's $1,000. $113,000. Let that number sink in, boys and girls for going to work basically you're going to tell us all about it trev yeah and that's exactly what they were doing they got a job i believe it was one of the big overnight express companies and i've done that myself where every night you're doing a brisbane to sydney league and then back home again the next night and they were doing that week after week month after month they changed jobs along the way and they relocated their primary place of residence and one day they went to their bank account and it had been cleaned out pretty well. Mm. And uh, when they started to inquire what had gone on, they were told that there was a garnishee order by the New South Wales government and the bank had just handed over the money. And they got on the phone to, back then it would have been RMS, Roads and Maritime Services. And they were told, oh, that's for all these fines, driving an unregistered vehicle. Mm. 
when they received the statement, because they knew nothing about it, when they received the statement, it was a, a shock to them. And when they contacted RMS, they said, oh, no, that's not all of them. There's more coming. Oh, lowly, yep. And at the end of the day, it all tallied up to $113,000. Now, there was a few fines in there that were legitimate. Mm. But there was something in the range of 80 to 90 penalty notices for driving an unregistered vehicle, but also uh, tampering with the speed limiter. And they provided no evidence for that. Well, so they basically got the speeds from the camera times or something, did they? Well, that's what New South Wales government is alleging. But as a truck driver, the most galling part of this is they allowed the truck to travel. Now, first of all, let's just say that the vehicle actually was registered. Yep. But because of a problem with the, the overhead camera systems, now all it takes is a big moth to hit your number plate in the middle of the night and it will distort the character recognition capability of the camera. Yep. That's what it essentially had happened. But the vehicle actually was registered. And if there was a human in the AI system to double check to make sure the rego was right, mm. everything would have been okay. But essentially they deemed that this truck was unregistered and they let it go up and down the highway to produce at least 40 penalty notices or infringement notices, sorry. Yep. And then for some reason, they probably looked at the camera times and with a big horsepower truck and not carrying a lot of weight, mm. you're running pretty quick and they probably deemed the speed limit is not working. So mm. without a shred of evidence, they've just produced all these penalty notices as well for driving a heavy vehicle with an inoperable or a defective speed limit. Right. So... 113000 bucks worth of fines is no small number of fines. How come that amount of fines were racked up before these guys found out about it? You said that they'd moved where there's no effort to find them in the finish. How did they find them to come after them for the money? That's the question. They raided their bank account and the drivers made inquiries as to who stole their money. Yeah. And that's when it all started to become apparent what had gone on. Mm, so they could identify them to take their money, but they couldn't identify them to let them know they had a ticket in the first place. Well, that's the issue with this whole fine. Now, I know there is dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of drivers out there that have gone through New South Wales mm. that have received exactly the same fine and they've just paid the fine. And I think it carries three or four demerit points as well. Yep. So they've just copped it sweet, paid up and have moved on. Well, highway advocates have already had exactly the same charge withdrawn by the courts. Yep. They've actually assisted a couple of drivers already in this exact case. Yep. And it was found that the drivers didn't have a case to answer for. Yep. And the charges were withdrawn. Right. So the sad fact of the matter is, is that we're relying on some of this technology and drivers move and licenses don't get changed, addresses don't get changed for some time. And the authorities don't bother to chase up. They just let these things roll on. And, of course, every time they roll on, the bill just gets bigger, doesn't it? Well, that's what's happened here. Yeah, they got the initial infringement notice mm. and then there was no response. So they sent out a reminder. And, of course, with the reminder, you also get a small increase in charge. Yep. And then if there's still no response, then you get an enforcement order. So the one penalty turns into three penalties. Yep and doubles and triples the overall cost of that one infringement. And that's what's added up to the 113000 But is there no defence that, well, I've moved from that address and had I known about it, I would have dealt with it at the time? Is that the defence? Well, the interesting thing is mm. this has happened to me personally, and you, you mentioned before that this has happened to you as well. It has, yeah, in Queensland. I'll relate the story in a minute, yeah. 
Yeah, the address on the driver's license was changed in accordance to the regulations. Yep. So the licensing division of RMS mm. actually knew the address of the driver. Right, eh? If the police wanted to issue an arrest warrant, the police knew exactly where to go. Yep. But for some reason, RMS and their safety cam camera office yep. couldn't locate these drivers and sent the fines to an incorrect address. Mm. Now, in my personal case, I had a Queensland license. Mm. RMS had issued me penalties before. They knew exactly where I lived. Yep. And yet there was two red light fines yep. that you'd know Lane Cove Road and that steep little pinch and they've got a speed camera halfway down. They absolutely do, yep. <laughs> Changes that fast anyway. Mm. For some reason, they didn't use the address on my license. They actually sent the fines mm. to a post office box of a former employer of mine <laughs> nearly a decade prior. Unreal. Now, where could a government department pull that address from? Yep. And the only thing we can think of is the government is accessing commercial debt collectors' databases yep. and not their own licensing database. Yep. So the driver hadn't done anything wrong. Yep. And that's what's about to be proved in court. Mm. But the challenge to get there is that most lawyers want thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to do it. And, and these drivers just couldn't come up with the initial capital to pay the lawyer to put it all together. And they're tapped and that's the way it is. Yeah. So you've set up a fund for these guys to help raise three grand, which is enough to get this thing on the road. Yeah. You've had it online for a week or so, 10 days now, and you've raised 1600 with a target of three grand. Where's that, mate? How can the listeners find out about that? The post that I've done is on Facebook on the Driver's Advocate page yep. and I've pinned it to the top of the page. So as soon as you go there, it'll be the first story that you see. Mm. Well, I've done a quick explanation of what we're doing. Then down the bottom, there's a link that takes you to an organisation called Chuffed. Yep. They're a new crowdfunding organisation in competition with GoFundMe, but their fees are a lot lower, so there's more money goes to the cause. And yeah, we've raised $1,600 in the first week. Yep. Some drivers have kicked in uh, quite a substantial amount of money because they can see that this is an industry-wide issue. Mm. And if we all stand together, we can actually get a definitive response from the courts yep. where if the driver just pays the fine, well, there's no precedent set. And he's just pleaded guilty by consent. That's right. And the government is free to do it to the next victim. Yeah. Well, I've often said that when you're aware of these things, you do need to go and defend them if you believe that you've got a case. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Just for me personally, just to add to the idea that I know about this stuff, I was in Queensland and I was coming out of Warwick 
you know, you come down, you turn left there and come down to New England and you go down the hill and there's a little railway line you cross and you're in a 60 zone and then you're in a 70 zone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought I was in the 70 zone and I wasn't. And I was doing 67 kilometres an hour when I rolled past a speed camera. And they dutifully sent the fine to the company that I worked for, or they sent them a notice to disclose who was driving the vehicle. They did that and all my details were provided and they sent the fine to the wrong address, basically, a previous address that I'd had several years before. And of course, I never ever saw the notice and obviously never responded to it. And before I knew what was going on, I had a phone call from a debt collector from Queensland and I simply thought this was a scam. This was some guy trying to get me to give him some money for a fine that I didn't know anything about. And given that I've got a pretty good driving record, I never even considered that I had a fine. Your speed cameras are unmarked in Queensland. So this guy wanted me to give him some money for a fine. I said, no, go away, mate. Bugger off. And then it worked on me for a couple of days because he'd sort of said, oh, well, your licence will be cancelled in Queensland and you'll be arrested if you come into Queensland and all this sort of stuff. It got the better of me, so I rang the Queensland traffic office up. And, yeah, there was, in fact, a fine and there was a judgment and I did owe him the money and I probably had to pay it up. So i clearly guilty and no way of fighting about it. So I just paid the fine. But it does happen. It does happen easily. And this is why I want to talk about this and this is why we're talking about this. This is something that happens to people all the time, whether it's the RMS, whether it's the police or whatever, We need to get a ruling and nip this sort of thing in the bud where you've got a defence that if they send it to the wrong address, then the fine as it exists in the first place, if you're guilty of it, should be the fine, not add-on crap and all the rest of it that goes on. It bankrupts people. 113000 bucks. that's not a joke. It's not a joke. The debt collectors, or now with Revenue New South Wales, Mm. they actually put a caveat on this guy's house. Unreal. And he was forced to come up with a lump sum mm. to keep everything at bay for a little bit longer. And the only way he could access that money was to send a letter to the ATO. And he, he cleaned his superannuation account out wow. to keep his house. And I've actually seen the correspondence. That's unreal. It's there in black and white. Yep. That's unreal. So this poor guy's lost his super, plus the guy that he worked for never paid him super anyway. So you know the story oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just another example of the transport industry raping people. That's it. And this particular case Mm. highlights that the government is issuing a penalty. If it was a car driver and your number plate was obscure, I'm not sure of the fine, but it's just a minor thing. It might be a $170 fine. But because it's a truck, it gets ramped up. Now, registration of the truck and the quality of the number plates isn't actually the driver's concern. At worst case, simply they should just defect that truck yep. and the defect would have to be cleared by the owner. But the, the driver has got no influence and control over the quality of that number plate. And if indeed the truck is actually registered, I'm sure we can check to see that it is registered. Mm-hmm. But the big question is, why is the government going after the driver when the driver doesn't have any influence and control? The other thing about it is it's all very well to say you can check. I know in New South Wales, you can get the Service New South Wales app and you can check a registration on your phone and it takes you a few minutes and you don't even have to log in or anything. So it's not that hard to check, but it's hard to check if you're driving different trucks all the time, especially since we no longer have rego labels on them. There's no quick queue there. You can drive the thing down the road for half an hour and, oh, shoot, I haven't checked the registration. And trailers as well. I mean, don't even start me on number plates on A trailers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I hear you. You know the argument, don't you, mate? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, this is the regulations about being able to see a number plate. Who can see a number plate on an A-trailer? That's, that's right. That's it. Unless you actually drive over the top of the bloke and then he's only going to get a real quick look. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, there are so many things, mate, so many things. Look, thanks for coming on the show and talking with me about it, Trev. Highway advocates, as much as I have a personal issue with one of the principals involved, I can't fault his work. He does do excellent research. I know that to be true. And I often say that this is not a zero-sum game. This is a benefit for everyone. So I'm on a learning experience to get past my personal issue and put this out there for the listeners because there may be someone out there that benefits from it. Absolutely. And the drivers have complained for years about this and we don't seem to be getting any support. The unions don't want to help. Private lawyers just want to rape us even more. Mm. We've always known there's a problem with the way fines are issued in the heavy transport industry. Mm. And Robert and Adam, like you say, their research is impeccable. They've really come up with some answers for us and they're getting excellent results for drivers who have been unfairly targeted. No worries, mate. We'll leave it there. Thanks for the time to share the story. It's super important for everybody. No worries, mate. Catch you later. Thanks a lot, buddy. I'll see you on the road. Awesome. Good on you, mate. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On The Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Thank 
Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Episode 47 in the newsroom, Mike. We've been going for nearly a year, you know. It's getting very, very close. It is, it is. We'll have to have a birthday party. We will. Hey, I'll tell you what, we've got some really weird listeners, mate. <laughs> have we? I had a guy send me a message the other day. Yeah. And he said he wanted to meet me for some satanic ritual and nude dancing in the woods. Okay. He didn't even turn up. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> I thought you said you were going to leave the jokes to me. Couldn't help it, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, there you go. Well, I've got to share with you that... Have you? Yeah, this evening I just had to call my wife. Did you? Because it's around the time that I know she's coming home from work. Yep. And I just saw a news update on the TV saying there was a drama on the South East Freeway. So I called her mobile and told her to be careful as there was some idiot driving the wrong way on the northbound lane. She said, some idiot? There's hundreds of them. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh. All right. Does Kat know you're telling jokes about it, does she? Not God, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving right along. Bit of deja vu on this one. Mm. The news that the NHVR has charged two South Australian transport operators with offences relating to illegal engine remapping. Yeah, they have. Mm. I'll tell you what, they've got serious about it too. They've bitten these boys pretty hard. Okay. They really have. $32,000 is going to cost them to fix the compliance issues. They're fined them three grand each. Wow. I'd love to know what they've done. I reckon maybe they've disabled the DPF fuels. I don't know what they've done, but they're getting serious about it now. Mm. And you can get up to a $340,000 fine. And they're calling it a criminal offence. I don't understand how it's a criminal offence, it's a breach of ADR, I suppose. Yeah. There's up to five years imprisonment. Well, it's against the law, and if you break the law, you're a criminal, aren't you? Well, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. You break the law speeding, you're not a criminal, though. Oh, yeah, you are. Are you? Yeah, apparently. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, they're bitten these boys pretty hard, and, and they're getting stuck into it. So if you're a driver, regardless of what we all think about engine remapping, regardless of whether we think it's something that you just do, and you don't like the ad blue, and I want to get rid of that anyway, or whatever... Mm. Be aware that if you're a driver, it could hit you really hard. If you know that the truck's been played with, you know, you've got an AdBlue tank and you're not using any AdBlue, it's a bit of a giveaway. Yeah. So just be aware that they're getting into it and they are going after it. It's a nice little learner for them apparently. So, yeah, there you go. Well, those fines are a good enough incentive to make you think twice about it, aren't they? Well, it's like tax. We pay too much tax. Fines are just sort of involuntary or more voluntary taxation, I suppose. Yeah, guess so. Well, we've been told that Iveco has released a new Euro 6 rated B double model with 550 horsepower and 70 ton GCM, mate. Yeah, mate. I'm. I'm Are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm beside myself with excitement. <laughs> I saw the picture there. I haven't actually seen any of the internals. I'm wondering if this is the one they had at the truck show because I didn't go to the truck show. Didn't you? No. No, I did. It was good. Was it good? <laughs> yeah. It did you enjoy good. it? Yeah, great. Excellent. Hmm. Yeah, you and Kermie at the truck show. Yep. The boys on the loose. Yeah. Yep. So I wonder if this one was the one that they had at the truck show. I, I expect it probably was. Mm. They had one with a number plate highway on it, yep. I recall. But yes, there was. I don't know whether this was the truck. But it, just like every other Euro truck, you look at it, it's plain. It's got reasonably aerodynamic lines, I suppose. And they put the little half bull bar on the bottom of it. You could slap a Volvo badge on it and no one would notice, I don't think. Mm. It looks about the same size as an XL cab or that sort of Euro basic box design. Yep. Everyone's carrying on about it and they all reckon it's exciting. And I'm sure for Iveco and, and everyone, it is exciting. It's probably a nice to drive. It's a Euro truck. It's going to have all the bits and pieces. It's 
got the Cursa 13 litre motor in it. It's going to have 550 horsepower and it's rated to, what do they say, 80 tonne or something, 70 or 80 tonne or something. Mm. It's going to be big enough to tow your average B-double around the place. 550 horsepower, 1900 RPM, 2500 newton metres of torque at just 1000 RPM. Mm. All the emission controls, it's got the SCR, EGR stuff, automatic and blah, 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 blah. It's going to be just a Euro box running around. Warranty's not too bad on it. Three years, 750,000 kilometres. Mm. So that's three years of normal interstate operation, I suppose, 250k a year. Mm. 9,000 standard hours for warranty, 24 hours roadside assistance. Oh, look, it's a truck that fits a slot in the market. There's no doubt about that. I wouldn't mind having to drive one. The in-cab picture looks all right. The seats look reasonable and you know, it's got the double fold-down bed. It's never going to be the same size inside as a Kenworth. Mm. They are never going to match a Kenworth. Kenworth are never going to be as comfortable as a Euro truck either. But you get these automatic Euro trucks and they fit a slot in the market, but guys who like the K200s won't be buying them. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, there you go. Well, we'll look forward to the road report when you get yours, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Hell will freeze over. <laughs> Mike Toll is said to be disappointed that the TWU in delaying a return to the negotiating table is, and I quote, posturing in the media and spreading misinformation about the company. Yeah, well, when they stop paying their executives bonuses and don't give blokes pay rises that are supposed to get them, I'll start calling it posturing too. Hmm. Look, without putting too fine a point on it, the Toll boys are probably among the best paid in the country. That's a fact. Hmm. But it's also a fact that they haven't had a pay rise. Their EBAs and everything are all up for negotiation. The start of the COVID thing, the toll drivers, like many others, didn't pursue the EBAs. They didn't change anything. We've just gone to work and we've carried the country and done what we do. Now it's time for toll to pay back. And toll, in keeping with what they've done to owner drivers in southeast Queensland, what they do all the time, They hit the people that are the most important of the industry, and that is the drivers or the owner drivers or the subcontractors or whatever. There's an incentive plan in place for drivers and salaried staff, and they took pay cuts of up to 30% last financial year. So just really have to wonder what's going on. There's 7,000 workers that are affected by this, what's going on. Yep. So don't be surprised if there's not a vote for some industrial action. Don't be surprised if there's not too. Michael Caine said it's an outrageous attack on the jobs of hard-working truck drivers. Okay, it is. You can't argue that. Last year, truck drivers worked harder than any other sector, I think. I don't think it's unfair to say that. And very few rewards. Yep. Toll need to look at the bonus. They've offered a pathetic $750 one-off payment, including superannuation. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much any of the executives got paid in bonuses. You can bet your ass it was more than 750 bucks. Oh, you'd think so. Well done, Toll. True to form. Indeed. Mate, roadside cameras that detect drivers illegally using their phones or not wearing a seatbelt will be starting to appear across Queensland as of this week with fines over 1000 bucks for your indiscretion. Oh, mate, yeah, they love these cameras, don't they? They get right into it. Mm. 31st of November, you caught your lucky get a warning. But from the 1st of December, she's open slather. And they're talking about, well, in 2021, already 150 people have lost their lives on the road in Queensland. Mm. Distraction and all that sort of thing are major causes of accidents, particularly idiots on the phone, on the freeway, going into work. Talk about seatbelts being mandatory 50 years ago. These cameras are going to be very, very different to the ones that are in New South Wales. The telephone cameras that are in New South Wales are set up differently. These ones are going to nail you for seatbelts as well. 
There is very little avenue to argue with this stuff if they snap you. I'm sure that many of our listeners have seen it on the various social media pictures of people who reckon they weren't using their phone or whatever. Yep. I mean, some of the pictures that I've seen are outrageous. You know, people driving down the road with a bowl of cereal in their lap. Oh, we've all done that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time. I drive down the road watching Fifty Shades of Grey, mate. Yeah, the drive to work's not a drive to work without a bowl of cocoa pops in your lap. Uh, doing your lippy or your makeup or something. Yeah. I saw a girl in Melbourne on the Tullamarine Freeway many years ago driving it like a T-top 260Z, I think it was. Now, they used to have the, the T-top. The Nissan. Little Jap two-door things with the T-top on it. And she's driving down the Tullamarine Freeway doing her eyeliner. Mm. I mean, wouldn't you be scared you'd poke something in your eye? Well, if she had the top off, mate, as in the roof, I mean. Yeah, the roof was off. That would have created quite a good fair degree of difficulty in doing it with the breeze coming in, so yeah. well done to her. She was doing 80 kilometres now, driving down the road, looking at the mirror on the back of the driver's side sun visor. <laughs> well, i tell you what, if these cameras are going to be this good, Make sure your fly's done up. <laughs> <laughs> the mind boggles. It does. Mm. They reckon every dollar collected's going to go back into making Queensland roads safer. No, it's not. It's going to go to state revenue, consolidated revenue. Yeah, well, it'll give us plenty of good videos on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and everything else anyway. Yeah, well, there's more information that's available about these cameras. If you go to the Big Rigs webpage, as usual, read the story. There's a link to how all these cameras are going to work. If you want some more information about it, obviously the best answer is wear your damn seatbelt and leave your phone alone. Mm, fair enough. Now, Mike, I know you're well and truly over talking about COVID, but... I am. At a time when we're being assured that truckies are essential workers, a 42-year-old truckie who had been booked in and prepped for a surgical procedure was unceremoniously shown the door when hospital staff found out he was a truck driver. Yeah. I don't know this bloke personally. I reckon I've seen him about because they've got a picture of him on the Big Rigs News webpage. Mm. Now, here's the thing. This guy has had the bowel prep for a colonoscopy. I don't know if anyone's had a colonoscopy. He's had the bowel prep, which means he's had the worst case of diarrhea you can possibly imagine to clean his colon out. Yep. He's had to go through that. He's had to pay for that. Mm -hmm. He's taken time off work. He's travelled to the hospital. He's been admitted. He's there. Suffered the indignity of being in the gown. You know, one size fits no one. Mm. He's lying there. He's about to go in. And because someone's found out he's a truck driver that's been in New South Wales, he's a potential COVID risk. Mm. They make him wear a red mask, mm. which is a humiliation all on its own. Yep. And then they keep him in hospital. He's had a self-test and apparently the result was inconclusive. Mm. Now, I used to manage an operating theatre. So I know exactly what's happened to this guy, mm. and I can tell you now, get your air horn ready, mate, <laughs> because it's not f***ing good enough. Mm. And as far as I'm concerned, whoever was responsible for this needs a kick in the ass that launches them, really. Oh, absolutely, mate. And I see that your mate Glenn Stirl has weighed in on this on Twitter and has written to the Minister for Health, Martin Foley, yep. requesting that it's urgently looked into. Yeah, well, there's an update on the story this afternoon. Mm. And that is that this guy's procedure's been fast-tracked. This guy is suffering from a bowel complaint. He's not there for the fun of it. Mm. His medical history now is becoming public knowledge, and I really do feel for the man. He's talking about you know, how he can barely control himself. Yep. Anyone who's had a bowel issue as a long-distance truck driver with the reality of the fact that you can't get a toilet anywhere, let alone at the pads at Gatton, <laughs> and knows how hard it is. We shouldn't laugh. It's serious, but it's laughable. Yep. It is absolutely laughable. And the way this bloke treated, as I've said, is disgusting. 
someone who has got no skin in the game here at all has made a knee-jerk decision. Yep. We treat every single patient as if they're contagious. Is there something wrong with this hospital's buddy biohazard protocols and, and standard operating procedures that someone feels the need to humiliate another human being in this way? It is not good enough. This man deserves a bloody apology. He deserves to go in and get his procedure. And he deserves some fair compensation. It's a disgrace. It is. It really is. Agreed. A minute with Mick, full on, both <laughs> barrels for these bastards. The worst part of it was that the poor bugger had to get back to work anyway to earn a living. Yeah. Having organised all his time off and organised all his finances and everything to get prepared for it. Yep. And then had to head back to work in that state. It's not good. Absolute humiliation. Yep. All right, mate. Well, I'm going to back you down a little bit. Are you? Yeah, we run out of time, as we often do. Sorry, mate. So just to finish off on a slightly brighter note, thoughts for the week. Right, I. I can't decide whether I'm a good bloke wrapped up in a bad boy or a bad boy wrapped up in a good bloke. Right. That's how I know I'm a bloke. <laughs> oh, geez, I thought you were going to go in another direction with that. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, there you go. And just to finish it up for the week, mate, in the inimitable words of Woody Allen, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> uh, no one gets out alive, brother. Indeed. Go and get a beer and settle back, mate. I'm going to go and do that as we speak. I'm in the big trucks next week too, mate. Good to hear. They've decided that they're going to promote me. Look forward to the photos. Well, it's all going to happen, mm. and I'll be telling the listeners all about it. I'm very happy with the choice to come and work up here in the Pilbara with Campbell's. They've been really good. Good. Yeah, very, very happy. It's quite an eye-opener. And just so that the listeners know, yes, there's a few Outback Truckers that run up this way off the Outback Truckers program, mm. and I think that I'm going to get to get a chance to interview a few of them. Excellent. Mate, it's great to talk to you, as always. It is. Thanks for putting up with me. Mate, it's been an absolute pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Take care, mate. See ya. We'll see you on the road. Beep, 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 beep. News just ahead. COVID has claimed yet another event. Calling the Hume has been cancelled until, wait for it, 2023. Because councils, RMS and police are all at odds to know what to do. It's 2021 and now they've cancelled the 2022 Hauling the Hume event. Really? For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au And now for another brief assault on your funny bone. Here's comedian Steve Hughes talking about the challenge that is driving in Australia. Yes, I like, I like trying to drive here. Yeah, that's interesting now, isn't it? Trying to drive in Australia. How do you drive in this city without wanting to stab yourself in the face with a pen? How do you... Uh, <laughs> how do you do it? How, how do you just go 60, 70, 80, 60, 90, 70, 40, 60, 80, 70, 90, 40, 60. Is it 60 here? It used to be 60 here. 70, 90, 40, 60. Drive safely! Drive safely! Oh, there's a sign. I didn't know. They had to... I didn't know that I should drive safely. 60, 70, 80. School zone! 40! Why? They have the song. Look to the right, look to the left, look to the right again. There's no cars coming. Cross the... That's how it works, doesn't it? It works. You're all here.
That guy sounds like he did get hit. <laughs> I forgot the song. <laughs> yeah, the RTA are a little intense, aren't they? They like, to, they like posters and banners, don't they? To distract you from driving. I'm trying to drive here, mate. Yeah, we know we thought we'd put some banners up. Banners like, watch out, people about. No, you watch out. Truck's about, mate. <laughs> you watch out. What are you made of? Flesh. What's the truck made of? 27 tons of <laughs> steel, mate. <laughs> you watch out. It's time for That's What You Think. Some say they're too opinionated for their own good. Some say they're just a pair of grumpy old men. We just know them as Mike and Andy. Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Wake me when it's over. G'day Andy, how you going mate? Doing alright buddy, yourself? Oh, I'm not too bad. I slept a bit funny last night mate, I got a bit of a crick in the neck. I feel like I've been hit with a shovel. Oh really? Perhaps someone did hit me with a shovel. I don't know who it would be though, but anyway. Always a possibility. You can't blame it on Rosa. She's not there. No, I can't. She's uh, she's a thousand k's away, so it wasn't her. <laughs> she could have paid someone to do it, though. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's entirely possible. Now, remember, mate, we had a chat a couple of months ago about main roads in South Australia when they were doing the upgrade on the down track into Adelaide. Yeah. And they thought it would be a great idea to have those little bumper trucks. Remember that? I do, indeed. And I was thinking to myself, geez, I really wouldn't want to be the bloke sitting in one of those bumper trucks to stop the B-double coming down the hill. Absolutely. So when we were doing that... I got to thinking about safety ramps in general, you know, and we're driving around and you see these things, you know, the signs and all that sort of stuff. I've seen safety ramps that are really, really good and Mm. some that are really, really bad. Mm. So to sort of expand on that, I thought, oh, well, I'll write something about it. So I went on a bit of a research adventure, a bit of an epic quest to try and find out what's going on, mate. You will be blown away by the amount of information that there isn't. That there isn't. That there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, look, I'll tell you what. I did a bit of a Google search, and obviously you've got to get the search terms right. I'm not much of a technology person, mm. but getting the search terms right is a bit of an issue. Yeah. So I discovered that the best term to use was a rester bed, because if you use safety ramp, they think you're talking about a wheelchair ramp in a house. Yeah. That's the first thing. So long story, very, very short. There is a document in Australia that defines the standard and it's hosted by TMR in Queensland Mm -hmm. and it is called the Road Planning and Design Manual from 2002. Okay. Yep. Current? Well, 2002, fairly current really for any sort of a road manual. But anyway, Chapter 15, Section 17.7.4 discusses and considers the design, layout and construction of arrestor beds and escape exits. There you go. Mm. done the research and we've got the reference there's some pretty good videos too if you have a look on youtube and just type in runaway truck oh man i tell you what there's some pretty wild rides there oh yeah so i don't know what you think mate but some of these safety ramps you wouldn't see many up around where you are would you not around here, mate, but I have very vivid recollections as a kid when I was living in Sydney and mm. we used to holiday down Kiama Way. Yep. Used to tow the old Carapark caravan, shiny silver thing behind the old Falcon station wagon. 
And I just remember going up and down Bulleye Pass yep. and you'd see those safety ramps and you'd think, that's safe. <laughs> I remember saying to my dad, you know, if you lost the brakes in the car, would you go up one of them with the caravan on the back? And he said, mate, I'd rather keep going down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a luck. Yeah. They were scary looking things. Yeah. Well, that was back in the day when if you could pull it with your car, you could tow it. You know, there were no... Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. There were no real weight requirements and things back then, were there? No. I've got a lovely photo of a car parked in the bottom of the safety ramp at Mount Oosley there. Yeah. Because the guy decided that was a great place to park and get out and walk his dog. <laughs> I wonder if he's employed in South Australia driving one of these arrested trucks now. <laughs> He'd be a good candidate, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, seriously, what Muppet thinks that it's a good idea to do that, really? Yeah. Uh, I've seen him. That's not the first time I've seen that either. The police got that bloke. There is a fine involved in that, you know. I did get some answers from the New South Wales Police Media Unit and they told me that there's a substantial fine and points and everything for that. There's warnings on the signs, isn't there? I think there is. I think there is. So clearly anyway, the South Australian guys got away with it. I didn't actually hear any stories about one of those bumper trucks being wiped out, so that's a good thing. Mm. I'm sure I would have heard about it if there was one. Well, someone's assuming that no one's tried it yet. (laughs) (laughs) No one's tried it. I'm hoping that they've actually finished the work. But since I don't go to Adelaide very often these days, I don't know. I haven't seen it with my own eyes. Mm. Perhaps if there's someone who uses the southeastern on a regular basis, they can let us know whether all that work's been done. We might have to do a follow-up on that to see how it's all going. We might have to. Mm. There's some great videos too on the RMS website and on the Transport South Australia pages, things like that, videos. You can just Google anyway or whatever your favourite search engine is. Yeah. And there are videos for what it's like to actually drive down the down tracks into Wollongong, Port Kembla, and into Adelaide, and videos for drivers, educational videos, Mm. for how to actually go about it safely. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Perhaps they'll find that simulator in South Australia, Matt, and write that into the program on it so people can get trained for how to run into the back of an arrest (laughs) truck. Still haven't been advised of a location of the simulator. I know we go on about it and we make a joke out of it, but it's a serious thing. It is. It's a resource that costs a lot of money, Mm. and it's absent from place of duty. I don't understand. Maybe if someone knows anything about it, they can let us know. They should let us know. Perhaps SATA might be able to tell us where it is. Mm. So the best arrestor beds I've seen are on the new Toowoomba Bypass, Mm. coming down the mountain there. They really do meet the standard. They're nice and wide and there's a good access for the emergency and recovery vehicles. They're well signposted. But if you look at some of the ones on Mount Victoria and down through the Moombies. Oh, I remember them. All the old New England. <laughs> you know, I'll tell mm. you what. Would you be game? I'm not sure I would be. No. If you got it wrong, particularly on some of those ones on the Moombies there where you've actually got to cross the wrong side of the road. Yeah. To go up this ramp that's like a truck width wide. Yeah with no restraining devices at all on the sides. So if you sort of didn't line it up properly and you went half on, half off, then you'd fall back down onto the highway and there's a little Armco rail to stop you from going over the edge. Mm. Look, freely admit that those were constructed many, many, many years ago before there was ever an idea that a standard should be in place. Yeah. But there's been work done on that road since then. Some of these things surely should have been modernised by now. And there are other forms of technology that are available. Yeah. Do you know that there's a thing like a, an aircraft carrier arrestor net that they can use? No, I didn't know that, no. Well, they're laid down on the road surface. Yeah. And as the trucks cross them, yep. they basically come up and they catch the truck like a catcher's mitt, basically. That sounds cool. Yeah, but they wreck the trucks. Yeah. 
But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about stopping the thing from careering down a hill and collecting whatever's at the bottom. Yeah. Cunningham's Gap, for example, is one of those places. There's a horrific video of a truck with roadworks on Cunningham's Gap coming down the wrong side of the road, clipping cars and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I've driven around looking at these things, and you have to wonder how drivers get into the situation where that happens in the first place. Yep. I suppose it's one thing to say, oh, well, you didn't know the road and all that sort of stuff. But if the roads are properly signposted and there are proper warnings in place, then drivers need to be educated that they need to take notice of the warnings. Mm. The issue, I think, is that so many places have inappropriate signage that's not required. It's like the roadwork signage, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how often do you drive down the road and see roadworks ahead mm. and lane merging signs and you do all that and you slow down to 40 kilometres an hour or whatever it is and you drive for three or four kilometres and you'll see end of roadworks and there was nothing. True, but then again, think about it, all those low bridge height signs <laughs> and how many strikes we still get. Oh, no, it's true. Mm. It is true. Mm. Anyway, the that's what you think part of it comes about. I mean, what do you think should be done or what do you think should be in place to help drivers manage vehicle failures or try and prevent these things? Should, do you think drivers, if they use a safety ramp, do you think they should get into trouble? No, not if they need to do it. Mm. Not if they need to do it. I mean, it's all about education, really, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose to a point you can prepare someone for the possibility that it might happen and this is what you need to do, mm. whether people remember that at the time. I mean, for goodness sake, I've done first aid courses with resuscitation side of things. And you go through the thing of how many breaths and then how many pumps and how many breaths and yep. the time you write, yep, good, got all that. But a couple of years later, do you remember it exactly and particularly if it's an emergency, if it's a moment where stress is flying every which way? Yep. So, yeah, education is the way to go, but it needs to be an ongoing thing, I guess, doesn't it? Well, that's one of the big things that we talk about as far as being professional drivers. Mm. I mean, once you get your license these days, really that's it. You don't have to do any more to keep your license. Mm. We're not like airline pilots who need to do a certain amount of hours in the simulator every year. We're not like anyone else who needs to do a certain amount of education points to maintain your qualifications every year. You'd know from your nursing days, mate. Yeah. I know with my wife, the study she's got to do over and above, and she's been a level two nurse for years. Mm. But every year she's got to do all this study and top up on it. You know, my own GP, I know with him the amount of study that he does to keep himself up to date on what's going on. Yep. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. Well, I would argue that really we should have to spend a day, at least a year, mm. where we go and we review all the latest road rule changes and we spend some time in a simulator and we get exposed to some of the emergencies that could happen to us on the road, like black ice or a you know, blown steer tyre or catastrophic things that can happen to you, the things that can happen when you least expect them to, for want of a better description, and give you at least some idea. Yeah, do you think one day would be enough to cover all the rule changes in a year? Well, that's a subject we could talk about too, isn't it, I suppose? Mm. But, I mean, it's also pointless to just educate the professionals when it comes to that. Even the run-of-the-mill car drivers really don't have to do too much until they're of an age where we start to question whether they're physically able to drive rather than mentally able to. You get your licence at 17 and then you got to make sure you know everything when you're 80. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's a lot of discussion that we can have there and I'd invite our listeners to contribute if they've got anything to say about that. Submit some stuff to Big Rigs or own a driver or someone. They're more than happy to print driver's opinion. 
just get hold of them and say, well, you know, what about this? Can we hear more about that, you know, and even for us. Yeah, well, what do you think? For you, in the perfect world, mm. what's the solution? It's oversimplifying it a bit, I suppose, to ask that, but yeah. what's the perfect solution from where you sit? Well, these safety ramps have to be appropriately signed and located, aligned and lit yep. so that if someone does need to use them, they're there and you've got the best chance to use it without doing more damage than you need to. Mm. But the biggest key, I think, is for them to be appropriately maintained once they're put into place. They have to be groomed. Yep. We all see how the kitty litter works. We've all watched the supercars and Formula One and all the rest of it. We've all seen Lounsey fly off the end of the corner and into the kitty litter and what happens. That's because he's driving a Holden, mate. You need to have him for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, gee, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I just knew it was coming. Yeah. But getting serious again for a moment, from the point of view of, of education and ongoing updates, as you said, things are always changing. Yep. You know, with that situation in South Australia with the arrest of trucks, yep. you're a driver. Why don't you know where it's at now? Why isn't there some sort of form of communication in the industry that says, you know, currently on this road, yep. here's where we're at. Yep. Currently on this road, this is what's planned. Allow for that. Who would be a central body that could be issuing that sort of information to the trucking community? Well, you would think that if the various transport departments were in any way smart, they would do media releases, they would give them to big rigs, they would give them to owner-driver, they would give them to diesel, they would give them to... On the Road Podcast. On the Road Podcast, and we could share this information with the listeners and other organisations could share it with the readers yep. because we've all got different audiences. Yep. We could at least share the information around. There is no concerted push to disseminate any of this information. Mm. They put those bumper trucks in place, and the biggest thing about that is the first thing you want to do as a driver, particularly of a truck, is not run into things. <laughs> the idea is to not run into things. <laughs> it's true. It goes against the grain. And something as counterintuitive as that really is something that there should be a concerted push about to educate people. Yeah. And that is absent. And that, I'm afraid, is the nature of our industry. Yeah. But you know, mate, this is so much like we were talking about a week or two ago about the fact that there's no national governing body in regard to rules and mm. so on, that they're all different by the states. This is, again, an example of why there needs to be an effective national governing body where the right hand and the left hand both know what's going <laughs> on and it's shared nationally. The national heavy... Yeah, well, it's not like every driver sticks within the state. No. Drivers are crossing borders all the time, Yeah, which is another issue in itself. But anyway... Don't even start me. We're not going to talk about COVID. No, no, way. it's banned. <laughs> yeah. You see, Tone's banned at his Facebook page. Good on him. Yep, no more conversation about anything like that on the Tones Trucking Stories Facebook page. He's had enough. Yeah. I know I've certainly had enough. All become a bit divisive, hasn't it? It has, it has, it has. Mm. Anyway, mate, we've chewed away at a couple of subjects. Mm. Look out in the future for this article that I'm in the process of writing. I'm also writing another one on logbooks and what they're all about, really, mm. and how that is all supposed to work. I'm trying to get Andreas Blahaus from the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator to come on and talk to us about his ideas with the AFM module that we've been talking about. Yep. And uh, obviously going to try and get hold of old mate Simon O'Hara and see if he wants to do Simon Says on the show. Yeah, I think we should. I thoroughly concur with what you say. Go in and read Mike's story. Mike writes a very good story. I have nominated him for a Nobel Prize for Literature. <laughs> 
and also a Booker Prize, and I think one will be fairly shortly forthcoming. Oh, look, uh, yeah. If there's any justice in this world. If there's any justice in this world, I will be ruling Australia by the end of the year, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loud pipes save lives, buddy. They do. I'd immediately legalise 10-inch Adelaide Sporties on all trucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you think. Get on you, buddy. Thanks, mate. Take care. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey, this is Ben Tilney from Street Pieces and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. sitting at home and I was just about to do a recording and interview and a mate of mine Peter rang me up and he said oh, I've got something to talk about for you so I recorded him and this is his something to talk about. You know how sometimes guys will flick their lights at you so you know you pass them so you can pull in? I do yep. Someone was actually yelling at my son the other day because he didn't flick his lights at them when they were like just in front of him and he was saying to me that like they were still so close that it was like, you know, it was too close for him to flick the lights and there was no one coming. Yep. So he was just going to wait till they were far enough ahead so that he had a safe gap before he flicked his lights at them. Yep. They were having a go at him and yelling at him over the two-way because he didn't flick their lights at him. <laughs> Sometimes I understand you flick your lights and you pull in before cars start ducking up the left-hand side. Yep. I understand that if you go and slow up the hill. If you're out in the middle of nowhere, you've got two lanes and no one's coming, why do you not give each other space and have a bit more room before you flick the lights for old mate to pull in front? Yep, 100%. Well, I often wonder why we go through the whole light flicking thing at all sometimes. I mean, now I don't know about you, but I don't really enjoy looking in the left-hand mirror and getting a million <laughs> candle power of LED driving <laughs> lights fair in the face. Not always, but I do try to make sure I turn my spotties off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It does hurt sometimes, doesn't it? Some of them bright spotties, because yeah, oh. they're only like just behind you, aren't they? That's right. And I sort of feel as though if there's no need for you to get back over to the left, what difference does it make if you give yourself 100 metres? I mean, I know how long my truck is. Do you? Yeah. You know? I, I do understand that sometimes if you're going up those hills towards Sydney mm. and you know that if you've got even just enough room for a car to fit in, they're going to start squeezing in between you and the other bloke. And once you've got one car on your left-hand side, another one will follow, another one will follow, and, and you'll never get back over. That's right. They hold you out, yep. Yeah, I, I do understand in certain circumstances, but sometimes it's just like, let's just give ourselves some room. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly nothing that's worth getting all bent out of shape over, is it? No, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what can you do, eh? Can't keep everyone happy. No, you can't keep everyone happy, and some people are less happy than others. Something to talk about, mate. Very much so. <laughs> I did suggest to my son that maybe that guy was coming down off of something. or. Oh, no. We wouldn't have drivers doing that, surely. <laughs> You'd like to think not. But mm. Can you think of another reason? Short temper, bad attitude, no experience. Who does that? We don't have any drivers like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not on the East Coast, mate. No, it doesn't happen. I like going out west. It's good. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm hearing you. <laughs>
Take care of yourself, mate. Catch up with you. No worries. Thanks, sir. Bye-bye. Yeah. You ever think about it. Has it happened to you? It's happened to me. Take care. After our headlight story and something to talk about, what's the most appropriate song to take us out for the week? It's a no-brainer, really. Here's Lee Kernigan and the Wolf Brothers with their rocking hot live version of Slim Dusty's classic, Lights on the Hill. our show for this week thanks for coming along for the ride on the road is proudly brought to you by mti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer be sure to join us again next week when mike says we've survived the whole experience without choking each other and he says all right moving right along and our guest says people keep saying that i know a lot and i'm smart until we catch up with you again next week play nice with each other and most of all stay safe out there bye for now the team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. <laughs> <laughs>